0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu You're listening to the Qalam Podcast Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan Over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to and downloaded the Qalam Podcast Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And insha'Allah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqa jariyya. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q A L A M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are, inshallah, bidnilah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Bismillah walhamdulillah. Wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Alhamdulillah. So, Uh, Two things uh, that I'll mention here, announce rather, and kind of get it out of the way and then we can focus on the session insha'Allah. The first thing I wanted to mention was, and again, this is just a very quick mention, that alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, um, many of y'all have benefited from the work that Qalam does over the years um, and in a variety of different ways whether it's the podcast or it's the online content um, that is open to the whole community, to the whole world, wherever people are, millions of people are benefiting from it, uh, as maybe you have as well, whether it's the classes and the workshops and the seminars and the intensives, uh, whether it is you know the, the, the scholars and the teachers, um, in all the different ways that the work that Kalam is doing Um, if, number one, you have benefited, you know, people you know have benefited, and number three, if you are interested in investing into what we call sadaqah jariyah, where you contribute to something that is so much bigger than... I contribute to something that is so much bigger than me, that is so far beyond anything I could ever achieve or accomplish myself. But I am able to contribute to it, invest into it, And it's not like an investment in this dunya where it's my investment is being measured that I technically invested, you know, I own or I invested one millionth of a share, so therefore I only will get one millionth of the reward or the profit. No, no, no. Uh, the math with Allah, Allah's financial system, Allah's investment system, Allah's investment system is so different and so remarkable that if I invested one billionth, one trillionth of what goes into something, my reward will be 100% of what it produces. 100% of what it produces without decreasing anybody else's reward. So basically, if a million people all invested a dollar each, and then it produced, you know, a billion, each one will be rewarded with a billion. And for every bit more that you invest into it, more and more, your reward will continue to multiply. And so... We encourage you, inshallah, if you've benefited and you are looking to invest into something that is of profound benefit to millions of people around the world, then we ask you to support the work that we do, inshallah, go to supportqalam.com and there you can, inshallah, give your support. And that is to just help more people, uh, to create more scholars, to create more teachers. You know, Half the people that you heard from here on this stage today actually were educated trained, mentored, produced, right here from Qalam. And now they are teachers. And they are teaching millions of people across the world. And so, insha'Allah, uh, support the work that we do. That was the first announcement. The second announcement is that we got some brothers selling ice cream outside. So, um, So not now, but after uh, the session is done. Stop by and uh, buy some ice cream for them. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. They're good. Few, they're good brothers. They asked me to make the announcement. So, um, <laughs> the, there we go. All right. Okay. Um, Inshallah, in this session, what, what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to try to keep it short so that we can then have Sheikh Mika'il up here, and Sheikh Mika'il will close off the night for us. Um, Sheikh Mikhail, inshallah, will talk about paradise and hell and the dua for entering paradise, the dua for protection from hell, and we'll actually conclude the night with a dua, inshallah. Bi-nillah. In my session, what I'm going to talk about is we've been talking about the journey of the soul from the time when it leaves the person's body to then the person being laid down in their grave, then being resurrected on the day of judgment standing before Allah for reckoning and accounting and the distribution of their book of deeds and the weighing of their actions and their deeds, to then the intercession of the Prophet wasallam. And now, what I'd like to share with you is the scene that the Qur'an lays out of when the fates of humanity have been decided, then the people will be rounded up The people will be corralled and then they'll be taken to the place that ultimately is their final abode, is their destination. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah number 39, surah al-zumar. And zumar literally means groups of people, crowds of people, you know like a big giant crowd. And when you're trying to kind of round up the crowd, you're trying to kind of corral that big crowd, you're trying to do some type of crowd control because it's kind of like a chaotic crowd, zumar. So Allah says in this surah, surah number 39, verse number 71, وَسِيقَ ila <laughs> That... All the people who disbelieved in Allah, who were ungrateful to Allah, who were disobedient to Allah, who were disrespectful to Allah, all of those people will be grounded up and then they'll be led, they'll be driven like cattle to the fire of hell. hatta إِذَا ja'uha Until they will arrive at the gates of hell abu أَبَوَابُهَا And then the gates of hell will be opened up in front of them. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا And the gatekeeper of hell, the warden of hell, his name is Malik, خَازِنُ جَهَنَّم وَقَالَ مَالِكَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions him in the Quran. يَا مَالِكُ لِيَقَضِي عَلَيْنَا رَبُّكَ قَالَ إِنَّكُمْ He's mentioned in the Qur'an that the people in hell will say, O Malik, tell God to end our existence. And he will tell them, be quiet. Another place in the Qur'an, he will actually tell them, Be quiet. And so he'll tell them, إِنَّكُمْ You will stay here for all of eternity. Be quiet. So this, on, when the Prophet went on the journey of al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, on that journey... Everyone, all the angels in the heavens, you know, they were all so happy to see the Prophet. They were welcoming him. When the Prophet was headed back, he told Jibreel, I have a question for you. He said, What's that? He said, Everyone was so welcoming and hospitable and happy, except for one. That one angel that we saw there at the gates of hell. He was frowning, he wasn't smiling, he seemed angry. And then Jibreel, the angel Gabriel, he told the Prophet ﷺ that Allah did not give him the ability to smile. Because he is the warden of hell. Had he been able to smile, he would smile at you. But he has not been given that ability. Because he was created for a job. And his job is to watch the gates of hell. So when they arrive there, the gates of hell will be opened. And then the gatekeeper, the warden of hell, this angel Malik, he will say, Alam Rusulum minkum. Were there not messengers from amongst you, prophets and messengers who were like you? They were human beings, they were they 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 laughed and they cried, they bled and they hurt and they fell and they got back up and they had loved ones and they had enemies and they had good times and they had bad times. They were people just like you. Did they not come to you? And didn't they recite this Quran to you? They didn't present God's message before you? And they used to warn you about this day. That you would have to meet your fate on this day. That you would have to stand in front of Allah. Like Ustad Atifa was explaining to us, that you would have to stand in front of Allah on this day. Didn't they tell you that? And the people being standing right there in front of the gates of hell, they can feel the heat and the ferocity of hell. The Quran says, Lahum wa shahiqun. They can hear the fire breathing like a wild animal, panting. Like they can feel the hot air blowing at them from hell. And they can hear growling. The fire will growl like it wants to devour them. And they'll say, Bala, absolutely, you are right. We did have messengers, we did have the message, we knew better. But we disbelieved and we were ungrateful, and now we are facing the consequences of the choices that we made. This was true. We just ignored it. We 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 didn't pay attention, but that didn't make it not real. Right, Just because I ignore something or I choose not to engage with it or I just don't want to think about it, I don't want to hear about it, that doesn't make it not true. That's literally the definition of delusion. I am deluding myself. I'm doing shaitan's work. So they said that we deluded ourselves and today we face reality. So in verse 72 Allah says, "Qila." They'll be told, jahannam. "Enter in to the gates of hell, for all of eternity." The worst place, the worst destination, is of the arrogant. Arrogant people will have the worst destination. Why arrogance? Right amongst all the evils, why is arrogance being pointed out to them today? Because arrogance is ultimately what gets in the way of the truth. Because if you have a modicum of intelligence, if you have a modicum of like education, at some point, you figure things out. You, you can understand what people are saying. You read something. Like, it. it you understand what's going on. If you're a Muslim with a basic level of intelligence and even a very rudimentary level of Islamic education, you have a general idea of what's right and what's wrong. We're not getting into the nuances of like, you know, detailed fiqh issues, like how to distribute inheritance and no, no, no. Like basic right and basic wrong. You have an understanding of that. It's not rocket science. Then what gets in the way of doing it? It's arrogance. Because it fundamentally boils down to one thing. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want somebody telling me how to live my life. I don't need anybody telling me what, what I should or shouldn't do. It just basically boils down to that. And that's why any kind of discussion or discourse that is preliminary to that, we're okay with it. The moment the conversation remotely starts to cross into the area of, okay, now what are we supposed to do? That's where we check out. That's where I check out. I can't talk about nobody else. I can talk about myself. But this is a very common human predicament. Allah talks about this in the Quran. And so it is ultimately arrogance that I just, I don't want to be told what to do or what not to do. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the worst destination is for the arrogant. Ustaz Rahman was just talking about it. Sin is not the problem. You know, making mistakes is not the problem. Not being super smart is not the problem. Not being, not being able to figure everything out is not the issue. Sometimes not even like being lazy occasionally is still not even the death sentence. That's not the ultimate issue. Arrogance is the issue. That I just can't handle submitting myself to Allah. That either, number one, I get with the program and I just do what Allah says because Allah said it. We're so busy out constantly. And again, I'm not saying we can't have some discussion. We absolutely can, but it also makes a difference where that discussion comes from. But we're so preoccupied with the why all the time now that sounds like i'm criticizing having a discussion or asking the question why no 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 it's it's a it's a beautiful question actually right i've spent 30 years of my life studying usul usul is about the why usul is a science in islam that deals with the why why you do what you do it's actually a remarkable area of study because it shows you the wisdom the beauty the benefit Of our religion. How remarkable every ruling in the religion is. It's awesome. But see, it's what is your motivation when you say why. Is your motivation to explore that beauty? To swim in that ocean of wisdom? Or is your intention to undermine? Because it bothered you that you were told what to do. Why? Why I got to do that? doesn't make any sense to me. But submission. To say, because Allah said so. That that's good enough. And even if I can't comply with it perfectly, even if I can't perfectly comply with it, then at least saying, this is what Allah has commanded, And I submit to that, and I am working my way to that. And until I don't get there, oh Allah, I ask you for your forgiveness. And oh Allah, I ask you for your help and your assistance. And Allah, oh, I ask you for your mercy and your benevolence. Help me get there. And that right there is good enough. Because it's not arrogance. Arrogance. Now in verse number seventy three Allah says, that those people who were conscious and mindful of their Lord in the life of this world, they'll be rounded up and they'll be led and escorted to paradise. That crowd of people. Until they arrive at paradise, This is different. Right? The verse number 71 says, The gates will be opened while they stand there. And they'll feel that rush of hot air hit them in the face. And some of the scholars have written that in and of itself will suffice. If that was the only punishment they would receive, that would be a sufficient punishment. But here in verse number 73, Allah says, وَفُتِحَتْ The wow. And this is why if you've ever heard somebody talk about the Qur'an is so precise. Every letter is precise. This is why. There's an extra wow here, and what that extra wow means when they arrive at the gates of paradise, the gates of paradise will already be open when they arrive there. When a prisoner is taken to prison, the guards bring him up to the gate, and then the gate opens, right? But when you Have a very important, very beloved, very prestigious and honorable guest arriving to your home, what do you do? You're waiting for them at the door when they already get there. When a very noble, honorable person arrives somewhere, they already have the doors open, they have the red carpet out, and there's people waiting there for them to welcome them in. You don't make them arrive at the door and then knock and then ring the doorbell multiple times. And then, you know, through the ring doorbell, you say, Who is it? <laughs> right? <laughs> and you don't do that. It's open when they arrive. There's ahlan wa sahlan. Welcome, welcome. Istiqbal. You welcome them. So the Quran says when the people of paradise arrive at the gates of paradise, the gates will already be open. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا and the hosts of paradise, the angels. When narration mentions, there'll be 70,000 like hosts, angels of paradise, that will be waiting there for them. And they'll say, Salamun alaykum, salamun alaikum. Welcome, welcome. Peace be upon you. Tibatum, you did good. You did good. You made the right choices. You did the right thing. You had the right mindset. So now enter into paradise for all of eternity. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, What will these people of paradise say after receiving this king's welcome into paradise? What are they going to say? Alhamdulillah alladhi sadaqana wa'adahu The ultimate praises for Allah. Oh thank you, ya Allah. See what the, what the mindset, the attitude, the mentality that we had in this dunya is being reflected in the akhirah. These were people who remained humble and hungry. These were people who remained dedicated and committed and grateful in this world, they weren't perfect. We just heard from Mustafa; They weren't perfect, but they were humble. Allah never asked us for perfection, but Allah did demand humility. They were humble and grateful. Humble and grateful. That's what's important. And so they are saying, once again, expressing that humility and gratitude. Alhamdulillahil <laughs> ladhi sadaqana wa'dahu. Ultimate praises for Allah, the one who fulfilled his promise to us. And he made this paradise ours. He gave us ownership of paradise so that we can go in paradise wherever we want and we can live however we want and now we can do whatever we want. it goes back to the previous. Remember we were talking about it, the arrogance? I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want to live my life on my terms the way I want to, my way. No, that's not what the dunya is for. And by the way, thank God that's not what the dunya is for. How long did this dunya last? The Prophet ﷺ said, The average age of my ummah is between 60 and 70. It's nothing. And so this is talking about, but the life of the hereafter, which is for all of eternity, that's where they get to do whatever they want to do. So remarkable and amazing is the reward of the people who worked hard. Look, nothing worth having ever came easy. Think think about the thing that you truly value in your life. What is it in your life that really, truly is valuable to you? Somebody might be their house. Somebody might be their career, their education, their family. A lot of y'all are really young. Your car, right? I remember that time. Where my car was my pride and joy. It was the most precious thing in the world to me. Alright? But whatever it is that is worth something to you, was it easy? No. It required a lot of hard work. And so Allah is saying remarkable is the reward of the people who work hard. And then Allah concludes... By telling us, <الْعَرْش> O Muhammad On that day, the day of judgment, you will see the angels surrounding the throne of Allah. يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ And they'll all be saying the praises and speaking of the glory of Allah. And the judgment Shall have been made correctly. That judgment we've been talking about. Waqila alamin, and then you will hear the angels and the believers in paradise say, alamin." The ultimate praises for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And that's why it's mentioned that if we say this praise, the more we say this phrase in this dunya the more likely we'll be amongst the people who will say it on the Day of Judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those people.